You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, uh, we're going to talk about the father of modern hypnosis, Milton Erickson. And you'll be interested to know there's a connection uh, with Detroit with Mr. Erickson. We'll get to that as the show goes on. And stay tuned as I'm giving away a bunch of free stuff. We'll be right there. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is happening, people? It is David Wright, and we are back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. Welcome back. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. With me, as usual, is Matt. Hey. Matt Fox. <laughs> I'm still here. He's in the booth. We are here at the Podcast Detroit Northville Studios. For those of you on Facebook watching us live, say hey, and we'll uh, we'll see if uh, you know we'll see who's there. All right, yeah, yeah. My sister, it. my sister's checked in a couple times yeah. last couple episodes, and um, oh, we'll our, our 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 favorite fan, yes, um, Eric Lance Erickson. I don't know why I can't think of because he's on he's on all the time. Uh, he'll be back. He'll be here. Yeah, yeah, he'll be here. Yes, <laughs> I just I feel bad because I should know his name. And, well, we're yeah. going to get reminded here pretty shortly. I I'm just imagine. drawing a blank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and maybe he missed this part. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you, folks, where you can find me. My website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. On the website, you can find all the stuff you would usually find on a website. My podcast page, uh, my store page, uh, my shop—I should call it. Um, a lot of different things on there, MP3 recordings, um, uh, videos of, of prior shows that I've done. Uh, those might interest people who may have either seen or been in one of my shows. Uh, so check out the website. That would be great. You can find me on social media, Facebook and YouTube at Motor City Hypnotist and Twitter and Instagram, which are both Motor City Hypno. All right. I just remembered Alan's name. It's Alan. It is Alan. Alan, yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. I, it just hit me as, as I was – it's Alan Benson. <laughs> he he always listens in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, you can find me on Patreon. Patreon is a creator site where people can support the creator through financial contributions. And on, on my on my uh, specific channel on Patreon, it's very minimal, like, like not even – it's probably a couple bucks. Um, so take a look at that because again, you can get cool stuff like I'm wearing my t-shirt today. You can mm -hmm. see that. Mm -hmm. And my, uh, my coffee mug. You can there. also see that. Yep. You got other, yep. Right in front oh, of right you. Right one. Yeah. Other one. There you are. Sorry. I'm camera challenged. <laughs> you know, since we're doing a podcast, I have to worry about cameras, but <laughs> hey, you got a great uh, face for all of it. So. I do. Well, yeah, whichever. <laughs> <laughs> and as usual, we're giving away a bunch of free stuff, a free hypnosis guide. Um, There'll be a link for that. Also, as we've done on a, on, since I've actually released this a couple months back, uh, the free hypnosis for confidence download. Mm -hmm. And I'm also leaving, leaving a link in the note for my private Facebook group, Empower Your Mind for Success. 
again, just generally saying that that's a group just for people who are looking to make changes to, to be more successful. A lot of it is sharing episodes of the podcast, talking about specific strategies and things you can implement. It's just kind of a, a kind of a cool group. Um, right now we, I think we have 160 people in that group. So, uh, if you want to just pop in there, it's a great supportive group and, um, yeah, we'd love to have you there too. Cool. And probably the most important thing, wherever you're listening to the show, whether it be Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave a review. I'm guilty of this. I listen to podcasts, but I never subscribe. <laughs> okay. I'll just go in and I'll like, like, I'll just get in my car and I'm like, oh, okay, what do I, which podcast on? And I'll just click on the podcast and listen, but I rarely subscribe. Mm, okay. Which, which I should, because I know now since I'm doing it, that that's kind of important. Even on the Google podcast, you can say, Hey, Google play. Right. And then you forget to subscribe. I absolutely. And I know everything, a lot of things are automated now where, you know, you can just, uh, you know, talk to your, to the, whatever your car's automated system is that links to your phone. And mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I know it's, it's, it's not convenient sometimes, but yeah, do that. That would help me out and, uh, would be great. I uh, would appreciate the support. Thank you. Fantastic. So this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast is brought to you by Banner Season. Online marketing is saturated and people rarely open their emails. Are you in sales or does your business market to customers? How do you connect with family, friends, and clients? Banner Season takes your marketing into the real world by delivering kindness and thoughtfulness directly to your clients physically. Imagine the excitement of your family, friends, and customers as they receive personalized cards and gifts in their mailboxes. Go to bannerseason.com forward slash fantastic and begin today to express kindness and make connections with others. Again, that's bannerseason.com forward slash fantastic. And I will leave that link in the show notes as well. Uh, again, I've, I've pushed this before on the podcast, not pushed it, but suggested it, mm-hmm. but it's a really good program because I, it, it helps you, you could set up a whole year's worth of cards or gifts and not have to think about it again <laughs> until the next year. Yeah. Until the next year. Or, or you can just leave it indefinite. Oh, wow. If you just, if, if, if you, if you join up, you just leave it on and wow, just make sure you saves update. a lot of work. Make sure you update it uh, on the norm though. Cause you never want. <gasps> well, that's true. If somebody, yeah, unfortunately we're yes. to. Yeah. Just updated. Yeah. To get their, <laughs> yeah. To get their birthday card. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And just as a disclaimer, I have a, I'm an affiliate for that, for that service. So it doesn't affect you, but I do get some remuneration from that. There you go. Fantastic. All right. It, it is, is time for. It's time. That's how winning is done. Yes, it's one of my most is. favorite segments. You know, I look forward to this every week. Yeah, I, I kind of look forward to looking them up or doing research on them because there's so much. I, I always preface this. Well, not always, but a lot of times I'll preface this part of winner of the week by there's so much negative going on and yeah. so much conflict and so much hatred. And and just it, it's just nice to see that that the world totally hasn't gone to hell. Correct. You know? That's absolutely correct. That I it reminded me I caught the end of the movie 7. You've seen 7. <laughs> What's haven't in the box? You? What's in the box? What's in the box? That, I don't know if you remember the last line of the movie. It was a quote 
it's a quote from someone, and I'm not even going to remember the whole quote now. Okay. <clears throat> and Morgan Freeman ends the movie with it. And it's something like, I'm going to paraphrase because I can't remember it exactly. Uh-huh. Um, the world is a great place and it's worth fighting for. Okay. He says, I agree with the second part. <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah, end of the movie. That, that is the end of the movie. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What? You know, what's in the box? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, what's at the fucking box? Oh my yeah, god, fantastic! Yeah. Uh, for those, well, doesn't matter if you haven't seen that one by now, you're spoiled because that that was 20 years ago or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an old movie. Yeah. So our winners, anyway, our winners are actually inmates. Okay, inmates at the Soledad State Prison in California. So, um, Palma School, a prep school for boys in Salinas, California, created a partnership with a correctional training facility, CTF, at Soledad State Prison to form a reading group for inmates and high school students, Hmm. bringing the two groups together to learn and develop greater understanding of one another. Jim Micheletti, Palma's director of campus ministry, created the program Exercises in Empathy with a focus on compassion, empathy, and restorative justice. The program teams men who have been given life sentences with students to discuss themes found in literature, which has led to more than a few surprises. When one Palma student was struggling to pay his $1,200 monthly tuition after both of his parents suffered medical emergencies, Mm. the inmates already had a plan to help. They together raised $30,000 for the student whose parents needed costly medical attention. That's amazing. Yeah. He didn't, I didn't believe it at first, Micheletti said. Micheletti is the student, I believe. They said, we value you guys coming in. We'd like to do something. For, oh, no. Micheletti is, is the, um, uh, the, the direct, the Palmas director of campus ministry. Ah. Um, they said, we value you guys coming in. We'd like to do something for your school. Can you find us a student on campus who needs some money to attend Palma, the school? Ah. The Brothers in Blue raised more than $30,000 from inside the prison to create a scholarship for student Cy Green. My goodness. Helping him graduate this year and attend uh, college at the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. Regardless of the poor choices that people make, most people want to take part in something good, said Jason Bryant, a former inmate who was instrumental in launching the scholarship. The guys were eager to do it. One, and there's a little bit more of the story, but I want to hit one more big item. One inmate donated donated his entire monthly paycheck of a hundred dollars. Wow. I mean, I guess you're in prison. Well, yeah, everything's covered, but he he gave his whole paycheck for the month of a hundred bucks to the cause. Wow. Uh, and he said, I get paid to do what I do, so why not pay it forward and give it to someone else for a change? Hmm. So, yeah. Wow. You, you cool know what? story. That's pretty, that's pretty darn generous. And, yeah. Uh, pretty, you know, forward thinking and out, you know, out of the box thinking, pun intended. Yes. But, you know. <laughs> yes. But honestly, what, what a great, great hearts they have for that. Yeah. And, and, and I know there's a general conception while well, they're inmates, they're, they're not, they're not quality human beings, let's say. Yeah. But this shows there. There's it's that it's a gray line sometimes. Let's say, mm-hmm. so it's not black or white all the time. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Thank so you for it's sharing. A great story. Yeah. yeah. Um. So good for the student and for the uh, inmates at Soledad State Prison. You're our winners of the week. 
that's how winning is done. Yes, it is. So, back to it. So today, we're talking about Milton Erickson. All right, so educate me yes. and your listeners. On- I will do that on Mr. on Mr. Erickson, or Milton, as I like to call him, <laughs> or Uncle Milty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what does Milton have to say? So Milton is widely considered the father of modern hypnosis. Mm, okay. So let's say in the last 60, 70 years, okay, uh, he – his his teachings and his philosophies are still used by most hypnotists today, most hypnotherapists or hypnotists today. Hmm. So he he there's a whole vein of hypnosis and mental health actually because he's also a um, he has a master's degree in psychology and he's also an MD. So he started with doing therapy and and a, and a type of psychoanalysis similar to Freud's but a little bit different. But but that. He he developed programs that became more personal uh, and more client focused, and we'll get into those details in a moment. Like family therapy, almost. Yes, or? and that he 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 developed the family therapy model of oh. as far as working with families uh, oh. for 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 issues. Okay. So Erickson was born in 1901, died in 1980. His birthday so, would have been tomorrow. It would have been, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and that the fact that he, he was alive when I was alive. He, actually, he was alive when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. He uh, passed in 1980. Yep. Yes. And, the t- and at that time, of course, I was in high school, so I didn't know anything. <laughs> Maybe I didn't have intro to psych yet or something. But. I won't tell you how old I was in 1980. <laughs> wasn't Were in high school. Born? I wasn't in high school. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Erickson graduated from the University of Wisconsin. Oh, he's a Badger. In 1928. With an MA in psychology, master's degree in psychology, and an MD, and went on to hold senior psychiatric posts in hospitals across the United States. So let me tell you a little bit about, and I, I don't want to make this a boring history lesson, but but what he what he was challenged with. So he was born in Wisconsin to a farming family. He was stricken with polio at the age of seventeen, and then again at the age of fifty-one. Twice. So he had it twice. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Did he not get the vaccine? I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, I it's it's well if he's born in 28, I'm not sure when the polio vaccine came out, what? but that would have put him into like I'll have to look that up real quick while you're uh, while you yeah. continue. <laughs> yes, yeah, because if he was born in 28, add 51 to that, that would have been 72. They should have had the polio. The polio vaccine was existed then for sure. Right. So maybe he didn't get it. Um so because he was stricken with polio twice at the age of 17 and 51, by the end of his life, he was confined to a wheelchair. Mm. He was also, <laughs> it, this, it, it sounds like this is made up, but he was colorblind, dyslexic, and tone deaf. The polio vaccine was not invented, developed until 1955. Okay. So the first, the first round when he was 17, there was no vaccine. Correct. Yes. And then I guess when he had it at, at the age of 51, I'm sure at that point he thought, I already had it. Why? It was invented, using it, but it was actually never um, really first used until 1961. Okay. So maybe that was- That's why he got it twice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he had some challenges. Let's say this. Again, colorblind, dyslexic, tone deaf. Um, he, was, he also had kind of a bad reputation- from the American Medical Association because they tried to revoke his, his practitioner's license in the 50s. 
Um, and, and I think a lot of it was just their doubt or, or suspicion of hypnosis in general mm. at that time in the fifties. So Erickson's his, he, the reason he got, he got so wrapped up in hypnosis is because he used it to overcome his own physical limitations. Oh, wow. You know, having, having a physical disability, colorblind, tone deaf. Uh, what was the other one I said? I missed one. Dyslexic. Oh yeah. That too. So, you know, what amazes me about when I hear stories like this about people, you're dyslexic, but you went through school, got a bachelor's degree, a master's degree and became a doctor. Imagine how difficult that would be if you are dyslexic. Right. Especially back in that day. I I, I mean, how would you even start? You can't even read hardly. <laughs> wow. I, I'm just trying to. <gasps> oh, yeah. Great. Odin's Raven. <laughs> what am I looking at here? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what is this? Hmm. So here, here's where our Michigan connection comes in, people, our Detroit connection. Um, uh, Erickson became director of psychiatric research and training at the Eloise State Hospital in Wayne County, Michigan. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wait, so he was, in Wayne, he was in Wayne County? Yep. And you, you know Eloise, right? I know of Eloise. Yep. Uh, that's, that's the one I took the tour of about a month ago. Oh, right, right, right. They, they right. closed down hospital. It's yes. right at Merriman and oh, I'm not I'm not gonna remember the cross streets, so don't don't hold me to this, people. But mm. so so for those of you not in the Detroit area who don't know about it, Eloise was a state mental hospital for years mm -hmm. and shut down oh gosh, twenty years ago. Uh, yeah. Somewhere right around there. Uh it's been abandoned ever since. Mm. Um so I took a tour of, of the, the empty hospital a few weeks back. And they, they go on like ghost tours in there and things uh, like that. Right, so it's right. kind of a, I, I would say it's kind of a, a, a tourist attraction in a way, not tourist, but, but for people who wanted, you know, was this a Halloween thing that you did? It was, it was near Halloween. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It right. was right, right in Halloween season. It was before, before the Halloween holiday. Gotcha. So yeah, he, he, he actually was the, uh, uh, director of psych psychiatric research at Eloise, mm. which, which is fascinating to me because he was right in our area. Does it say how long he was there for? It doesn't. Oh, well, he, it doesn't give dates. Uh, I, sh I, I could probably find those, but so he was at, he was here. And then from here, he moved to Arizona and was the clinical director of the Arizona state hospital in 1948 hmm. from which he retired a year later to concentrate on teaching, writing and private practice. But doc, it's a dry heat. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and then here's some interesting side facts. He was an associate editor for the journal uh, for diseases of the nervous system, a consultant to the U.S. Olympic rifle team. Wow. And a consultant to the U.S. government during World War II. Jeez. Studying the psychology of the enemy and the effects of propaganda. Oh, wow. He is right at the <laughs> forefront of it all. Yes. It really yeah. And, and really that the, the effects of propaganda, that's a, that's something I really like to get into as far as what he did with that. That, that really fascinates me. Sure. Um, so Erickson, that, that was kind of his history of where he was, what he did. Uh, he really developed this whole approach to hypnosis that was different than what had been done before. Because prior to that, the, the most notable name was Freud, who didn't even stick with it that long. Mm -hmm. He didn't even take hold of it, and, and, and he quit very early in his career with it. Mm -hmm. So Erickson believed in flexibility. And what I mean by that is he, he felt that you have to adapt your approach to each individual client. 
that it wasn't just one process for everyone that always works. Hmm. And this is the beginning of this whole theory of, of mental health that happened as well, of what we call client-centered therapy. And, and I know that seems it would like it would be, well, wouldn't all therapy be client-centered? Mm-hmm. But there are some approaches that take a, this is how you do it, follow these steps, and it doesn't take into account the personal situation or feelings or actions or history. Mm. So, so client-centered is really getting to know the client, how they think, how they feel, and what's going to work best for them. So he... So Erickson knew that hypnosis works, but he realized that it had to be modified for every person to fit their individual situation. Because right. no one is the same. It's Absolutely. Not, it's not a one-size-fits-all yep. in therapy. Yep. Absolutely not. So sometimes he would be direct or authoritarian or even aggressive at times, mm-hmm. but then other times he would be very indirect or soothing or permissive, okay. again, depending on the personality. Um he <laughs> hey, real quick speaking of one size fits all yeah uh alan actually just trying oh in. alan's here hey alan <laughs> he said hey glad it's Thanks, alan as usual alan <laughs> the, the fuck are you doing <laughs> great to see you again alan appreciate you checking in yeah yeah i don't know if you were on earlier alan i'll admit it now i i, I drew I a blank on your name right up front we're like oh where's our where's our where's our, our regular where's our usual guy and I, then i remembered soon after that so i called don't him worry. i called him lance so <laughs> <laughs> and then in the middle of a read, I remembered it was Alan. So yeah, thanks for being here, Alan. We appreciate it. So here's a great story about, about Erickson being, being flexible and adapting to your client's needs or what they, what they might need, but they not, might not think they need. Because it says here, sometimes he was uh, direct and aggressive. Well, sometimes you have to be. Yep. So there was a man who was left paralyzed and unable to speak by a severe stroke. Mm. Now, I wouldn't, I, I, I'm not going to say this is uh, proper or should ever be done. Mm-hmm. Erickson verbally abused the client to such a shocking degree that the man suddenly got up and walked out of the room telling Erickson exactly what he thought of him as he did so. <laughs> An almost miraculous instant cure. <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> isn't that a great story that's brilliant he just he just pissed him off so much that <laughs> i don't know what we're yelling about I'm out. That, that the guy just took he got up and walked out and had you not been able to walk therapy. before that i can't talk you can take your therapy and hold on a second <laughs> what just happened <laughs> yeah it's it's it, it, it's great it's a great and that and i'm 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 assuming i i mean i'm 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 Gonna assume this is a true story because I took it for a lot of from a lot of his biography things online. So oh, it wasn't like a made up Facebook <laughs> post, you know, like like we see. Um, but still, to go back, right. Everyone is different when it yes. comes to therapy. And this guy needed to be pushed, mm-hmm. and he saw that in that individual, yes. and and he, and he just knew that this was something that would probably he would probably respond to. So that is that. That's the first key element is flexibility. The second one is working with symptoms to bring about change. So Erickson saw, he, he saw problems as a, a process of, a, of an unhelpful way of doing things. So, so he's, not, he's not identifying somebody who has a problem and saying, oh, you're, you're just screwed up. That's just the way it is. It, it's, he, he recognized that the problem was just an unhealthy way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And if we know that, then we just know from that point, we just change the thinking. Mm-hmm. Which again is a whole theme of this pro- of this podcast. Change your thinking. Change your thinking. Change your life. Yeah, exactly. 
So what he did was he changed the, the he developed a process where he would change the, the symptom. So its intensity, its frequency, its location. He ch- what his thought was, if you change the pattern of the problem, it becomes different. And then the, the client realizes, oh, we can change this. It doesn't have to be the problem like I believed it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's another example of something that he would have done or that he did. Uh, so somebody with a compulsive urge to wash their hands 50 times a day, that's a, that's a form of OCD. Yes. It's, it's an anxiety disorder. Obsessive compulsive Ob- disorder? Obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. So, so that comes from stress and anxiety that these that people feel this compulsion to have to do something to make it right in their head. And they feel like if they don't do it, that they, that it causes them so much anxiety. One of my most favorite actors, Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. he was uh, he played a character in a movie as good as, as it good gets. as it gets. Yes. And mm-hmm. he played the perfect person that had OCD because mm-hmm. he had so many things that had to be a certain way. Yep. Yes. And, and, and that's in a way. I've dealt a lot with OCD over the years uh, with a lot of clients, and and it's a, it's just a way for them to feel safe and structured. That that if things are in order, I can feel good. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if they're not in order, that just throws them off. Mm-hmm. They they get so anxious that they can't function. Absolutely correct. Yeah. So so as, as so somebody who is com- compelled to wash their hands fifty times a day, Erickson would say, okay. I don't want you to wash your hands 50 times a day. I want you to do it a hundred times a day. Mm. That's a requirement. So now he's taking it out of being a compulsion and made it a demand, mm-hmm. which makes the whole scenario. It, it, it just changes the whole viewpoint on it. Right. It's now not, and I'm going to read out, read how they, they, uh, they worded it. It changes the behavior from an internal compulsion to an externally imposed chore, which suddenly becomes less compelling. Right. Yeah. And it won't have that much control as time goes on. Right. Because now it's being forced on you. It's not you. It's not, it's not this internal compulsion. Now, now it's not as, it doesn't give you the same satisfaction because you're being forced to do it from right. an ex- exterior source. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe I should start taking the trash out five times a week then. Right. Yes. And that, <laughs> yeah. Then you'd hate it. Yeah. yeah then you wouldn't. <laughs> Oh, just, <laughs> right. just you could try it, man. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> um, so the third one of the third element that we're going to cover is that he wanted to engage the unconscious mind by any means available. So he firmly believed that that the unconscious mind contained all of the resources to bring about change, hmm. and he wanted to tap into that by any means that he could. And and here's a, here's a great statement, and this is where he differed vastly from Freud's thinking. Erickson had no time for the Freudian notion that the roots of problems have to be excavated from the distant past. So, so Erickson said, we don't need to work. We don't need to dig up this problem that happened when you were five years old. We don't have to do that work and do years of therapy to dig that up and get it out. Right. We just need to change the, the unconscious mind. We need to change the thought pattern. Almost the habit. Yes, habit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about habits a lot. You, you habits are mental as well as physical. Um, and I know I know I've used this example with Matt as well before. People mm-hmm. who smoke, mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll tell you they don't remember lighting it. It's just it's just this thing that happens in their head. How did I get there? It's yeah. like, whoa, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So Milton used 
a lot, a lot of, of, again, as I said before, client-centered approach to therapy and really making it individualized. And what we're going to do is we're going to cover his techniques as far as different techniques he used for hypnosis and also for therapy and get into detail about all of those techniques. And, and I'll just give you a, a couple of, a couple of, of sneak peeks on these. Uh, hand levitation was one. Hmm. Now, when I say hand levitation, people are like, what the, what, what are you talking about? When you say hand levitation to me, it's me putting the backs of my hands on the inside of the door Pushing for thirty seconds and then my hands raising up. Oh, and you it, feel that, yeah, and then that levitation yeah, of your hands. It, it, it's right because that would be the feeling. Yeah. In fact, a lot of times when I'm when I'm hypnotizing someone, and and we'll get into language in this in a minute, but I'll say, you know, your hands might feel super heavy. They might feel super light. You, in fact, you might feel like there's a helium, a bunch of helium balloons just pulling your hands up. Interesting. And then if I see if I see the hands come up, then I already know they're accepting suggestions. Mm-hmm. We've already made that connection in the unconscious mind. Fair. Uh, and I, I'll 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 give one other one uh, that is kind of uh, of a good one. Um, shocks. And ordeals. Shocks and ordeals. Yes. Okay. And I'll tease that a little bit. Um, if you've ever been startled or, or your mind has been jerked or uh, it's, it's that the best way I can subscribe it or describe it um, is if somebody sneaks up and just startles you when you're, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're boom, it's just a shock to your system. Right. And your adrenaline is pumping now and your heart's beating and mm-hmm. you're shaky at that moment, that moment that start that that startle that 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 a flood of adrenaline happens to you, your mind is is not thinking. It's call, just call it an awakening. <laughs> yeah, and and even more than that, because as soon as your mind is that confused, it's looking for order. It's looking for direction. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you if as soon as you give it direction at that point, it's going to accept it. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into more details of that. And uh, we're going to continue with Milton Erickson. Uh, coming up in the next episode, so make sure because we're gonna. Wait, there's a lot of cool things that we have that, that of the way he did it, hypnosis, and again, a couple of those examples I just just gave you, but the, the, a lot of good stuff in that one. So join us next time, Milton Erickson Part Two. We'll call it Uncle Milty Part Two. <laughs> in the meantime, change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. I uh, will see you next time. <laughs>